0: This is the Sasquatch's Monsters of the Clubhouse, tales of when athletes throw it all away and end up behind bars or worse. Hello, it's the Sasquatch, and thanks very much for tuning in to Monsters of the Clubhouse, Volume 3, Chapter 2, Bounty Gate, Part 2. So in part one, I kind of pretty much talked you through an introduction to the New Orleans Saints. Some of the factors surrounding the organization at the time, the after effects of Hurricane Katrina, their first Super Bowl win, and their now newfound status as perennial contenders. But without much further ado, what was Bounty Gate? So the New Orleans Saints Bounty Scandal was an incident an incident in which members of the New Orleans Saints team were accused of paying out bonuses or bounties for injuring opposing team players. The pool was alleged to have been in operation from 2009. You may recall I I discussed the poor defensive performance in 2008 all the way through to 2011 when it was discovered. League Commissioner Roger Goodell responded with some of the most severe sanctions in the league's 92-year history and among the most severe punishments for in-game misconduct in North American professional sports history. Defensive coordinator Greg Williams was suspended indefinitely, though this would be overturned. Head coach Sean Payton was suspended for the entire 2012 season, the first time since Chuck Fairbanks in 1978 that a head coach had been suspended general manager Mickey Loomis was suspended for the first eight games of the 2012 season and assistant head coach Joe Vitt was suspended for the first six games of the 2012 season. The Saints organization were penalized half a million and forced to forfeit their second round draft pick selections 2012-2013. In May of 2012, Four current and former Saints players were suspended after being named as ringleaders in the scandal, with linebacker Jonathan Vilma also being suspended for the entire season. However, former Commissioner Paul Tagliabue overturned all sanctions against the players in 2012, after finding that despite the players being very much involved, the coaches and the Saints organisation were primarily responsible for the scandal. The NFL has long frowned upon bounties or non-contract bonuses as it officially calls them. However, it's alleged that this underground culture of bounties exists with teams turning a blind eye to the practice. The league constitution specifically forbids payment of bonuses based on performances against an individual player or team as well as bonuses for on-field misconduct. The NFL holds that such practices undermine the integrity of the game and also allow teams to use such payments to circumvent the salary cap. The collective bargaining agreement with the NFL Players Association also forbids this practice, as does the standard NFL contract. Every year the NFL sends a memo reiterating this ban to every team before training camp opens. However, according to many former players, bounty systems of some sort have been around the NFL for decades, with the percentage of players participating speculated to be around 30-40%. to According to these players, such bounty programs were usually informal and often between players only, more with intent at locker room, brigado and systematic malice. What would draw attention to the Saints' bounty program was the alleged practice of methodically organising such a concept at the coaches' level with the primary intent to systematically and routinely injure opposing star players. After the Saints defeated the Minnesota Vikings in the NFC Championship game in what has become a heated rivalry, several Vikings players and coaches claimed that the Saints were deliberately trying to hurt ageing Vikings quarterback Brett Favre. The Vikings were particularly angered when Saints defensive end Bobby McCray and defensive tackle Remy Aodelli knocked Favre to the ground with a high-low hit, McRae hitting Favre below the knees, briefly knocking Favre out of the game with an ankle injury. No penalty was called on the play, although NFL vice president of officiating Mike Pereira said one should have been called, saying it was the type of hit we don't want. Vikings coach Brad Childress later said that there were at least 13 instances where he felt the Saints deliberately went after Favre. Later CBS Sports NFL columnist Clark Judge said several Vikings assistants told him they believed McCray was acting on direct orders from Williams, with at least one being so outraged that he threatened to punch Williams in the face the next time they met. Vikings owner Ziggy Wolf even went as far as to complain to the league about what happened to Favre, though no action was taken at the time. Favre took such a severe beating that Vikings punter Chris Cluey and place kicker Ryan Longwell wondered during the game if someone had put a bounty on him. In the 2010 offseason, an anonymous player told NFL officials that the Saints had targeted Varve and Warner is part of a bounty program administered by Williams. The NFL security department found the allegations credible enough to open an investigation. However, the players and team officials interviewed all denied any bounty program existed and the player who made the initial report subsequently recanted his allegations. The NFL began investigating the Saints in 2010. In response to allegations of deliberate attempts to injure players during the 2009 2010 playoffs, but the investigation stalled until late in the 2011 season. On March 2nd, 2012, the NFL announced that it had evidence that defensive coordinator Greg Williams had created the program soon after his arrival in 2009. They alleged that between 22 and 27 Saints players were involved. Williams and the players pooled their money to pay out performance bonuses. It also asserted that head coach Sean Payton tried to cover up the scheme and that he and general manager Mickey Loomis failed to shut it down when order to do so by team owner Tony Tom Benson. Since then Williams has been accused of operating similar schemes during his tenure as defensive coordinator of the Tennessee Oilers Titans and the Washington football team formerly known as the Redskins also as head coach of the Buffalo Bills. The NFL briefly investigated these allegations but elected to focus on the Saints. In 2012 ESPN reported that former New Orleans Saints defensive assistant Mike Cerullo contacted the NFL regarding a bounty program after the 2009 season. Cerullo was released after 2009 postseason for poor performance and lying about personal leave, according to the New Orleans Saints. Cerullo testified that he kept track of payments and pledges made. Cerullo also states in the article, "I was angry for being let go by the Saints, like the lover scorned." Now it is worth noting that in addition to being scorned by the Saints, in the summer of 2017. The NFL hired Mike Cirillo as director of football administration. So you do have to maybe question his ethics and morality um, when becoming chief whistleblower in the Bounty Gate scandal. Later in 2012, March 2nd to be precise, ESPN's Adam shafter reported that the NFL finally had evidence of the bounty program. Later that day, the NFL announced that it had obtained irrefutable proof of a bounty pool dating back to the 2009 season. Based on a review of 18,000 documents, it determined that Williams had initiated the fund soon after he arrived in New Orleans in 2009. This with the hopes of making the defense more aggressive. Between 22 and 27 Saints defensive players were involved, and the players and Williams contributed their own cash to the pot and received cash payments based on the performance in the previous week's game. For instance, a special teamer who downed a kick returner inside the receiving team's 20 yard line earned $100. Players could also be fined for mental mistakes and penalties. Players also received bounties for cartoffs or plays in which an opponent was removed from the field on a stretcher or cart. And knockouts plays that resulted in a player being unable to return for the rest of the game. Players usually earned a 1000 for card offs and 1500 for knockouts during the regular season though they were encouraged to put the winnings back in the pot in order to raise the stakes as the season went on. Payments were known to double or even triple during the playoffs the NFL sent a confidential and detailed memo to all 32 teams detailing its findings it revealed that the Saints had not only targeted Warner and Favre during the 2009 playoffs but it also targeted Green Bay Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers and Carolina Panthers quarterback Cam Newton during the 2011 season according to that memo Saints linebacker Jonathan Vilma offered $10,000 cash to any teammate who knocked Favre out of the NFC Championship game. Another source told CBS Sports, Mike Freeman, that Reggie Bush's agent at the time, Michael Ornstein, was closely involved in the scheme from the beginning. Ornstein contributed $10,000 to the pot in 2009 and an undisclosed amount in 2011. After later investigations into the 2012 season, the NFL also found evidence that the Saints put bounty on then Seattle Seahawks quarterback Matt Hasselbeck during the 2011 wildcard playoff game. That was obviously the infamous Beastquake game as well. The league found that Peyton not only knew about the scheme, but tried to cover it up during both league investigations. During the 2010 investigation, Potton told Williams and Vitt to make sure our ducks were in a row when the league interviewed them. Before the start of the 2011 season, Payton received an email from Ornstein detailing the broader lines of the scheme. In that same email, Ornstein offered $5,000 to anyone who knocked Rodgers out the 2011 season opener. Payton initially denied knowing that this email existed but subsequently admitted that in fact he had read it. When Benson was informed of the league's findings, he called in Peyton and Loomis and ordered the program shut down immediately, however, he did not do so. Loomis had been interviewed during the 2010 investigation as well and then stated that he knew of no such scheme and would stop it immediately if it was taking place. The league also found that Vitt, whom Peyton had assigned to Monroe Williams, also knew about the borderlines of the scheme, and even witnessed Williams handing out payments to players. This, however, failed to tell anyone about it. The NFL found that Payton and Loomis's misfiaisance amounted to conduct detrimental to the league. The NFL found no club money had been used to fund the Bounty Pool, and praised Benson for doing what he could to shut down the slush fund. Nonetheless, it found the Saints organization as a whole guilty of conduct detrimental to the league due to Williams' and the players' maintenance of the Bounty Pool, as well as Loomis' and Payton's failure to act in a response manner to stop it. Several Chicago Bears players and fans believe that the Bears were targets of the program during the second game of the 2011 season a 30-13 loss to the Saints. Quarterback Jay Cutler was sacked six times and nearly lost his voice when a Saints player kicked him in the throat. Later in the game offensive tackle Frank Amiali yanked a Saints defender off Cutler when he saw what he later called some dirty stuff. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback Josh Freeman Reported that the Saints' tendency toward illegal hits was common knowledge among the Tampa Bay coaching staff. Preparations for Saints games included warnings to offensive players to keep their knees protected, especially on plays near the sidelines. In June 2012, the league revealed that it had possessed a ledger detailing the weekly earnings of the players, which are earned for card-offs dollars and wax. $400 and deducted from mental errors however on the 26th of July 2012 Vilma and several witnesses from the Saints testified in front of a federal judge in New Orleans that NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell got his facts wrong in the bounty scandal he's quoted everybody was sworn in under oath in front of a judge with the risk of perjury and jail time if we were lying and categorically denied there was a bounty. Wilma said in a text message to ESPN's Ed Warner, seven people testified, two sworn affidavits all saying the same thing. And I ask that you and ESPN report the facts. No more bias or BS or hearsay. I gave you facts that you can report if you so choose. To Elaine University Sports Law Programme Director, Gabe Feldman, who attended the hearing in court, said Clearly the judge, by her questions, indicated that she thinks Goodell overstepped his authority and this case was always going to be about if he executed his power fairly. The NFL's retort is that with all due deference, you don't get to second guess, Goodell. Judges only have a limited jurisdiction over arbitration issues. Shortly after the Saints' bounty system came to light, four former Washington Redskins players, as well as a coach, told the Washington Post that Williams operated a similar system when he was the Redskins' defensive coordinator from 2004 to 2007. The players said that Williams paid his crew thousands of dollars for aggressive plays with the biggest payouts as much as 8,000 coming for kill shots that knocked opposing players out of games Chicago Tribune NFL analyst Matt Bowen who played for the Redskins at the time later wrote in one of his regular columns the bounty pool was funded by fines for mistakes made during practice and in games and insisted that similar systems operate on other teams and on March 4th The Post reported that the NFL was investing the allegations against Williams with the Redskins. Several former Bills players subsequently told the Buffalo News of a similar system during Williams' tenure as Bills' head coach from 2001-2003. However, they didn't agree on whether there were rewards for intentionally injuring players. Kai Wire, a safety during Williams' tenure, said Williams gave bonuses for hits that left opponent seriously injured while two other players said the bonuses were awarded for knockouts so with so much evidence and the decision all but made what exactly were the punishments so on march 21st 2012 the NFL issued sanctions to Saints coaches and front office personnel for their roles in the scandal Williams, the key kind of name mentioned, was suspended indefinitely and was banned for applying for reinstatement until the end of the 2012 season at the earliest. Peyton was suspended for the entire 2012 season, effective from April 1st. He is the first head coach in modern NFL history to be suspended for any reason. Loomis was suspended for the first eight games of the 2012 season. Vitt, who had been tabbed as a possible candidate to serve as interim coach in Payton's absence, was suspended for the first six games of the 2012 season. This did not automatically disqualify Vitt from serving as interim head coach, per se, as his suspension was not effective until the regular season. The suspension terms allowed him to coach the team during the training camp and pre-season, and then return during week 7. The Saints announced they would implement this scenario for 2012. The Saints were also fined half a million, the maximum fine permitted under the league constitution, and had to forfeit their second round draft picks in 2012 and 2013. Their first round pick in 2012 had already been traded to the New England Patriots and therefore could not be forfeited. After the penalty, the Saints first pick in the 2012 NFL Draft is a third rounder. He also gave the league's clubs until March 30, 2012. certify in writing that they do not have bounty programs clubs would also be required to certify that there was no bounty systems in place as part of their yearly certifications that they need to make under the league's integrity of the game policy williams who left after that season to become defensive coordinator the St. Louis Rams was summoned to NFL headquarters after the investigation concluded in mid-February. He initially denied any involvement but recanted and admitted everything in a meeting with Goodell. After the story broke Williams issued a statement calling his involvement a terrible mistake. Williams said that he knew all along the slush fund what broke the rules and that I should have stopped it rather than get further involved. Goodell said in a statement that he found it particularly disturbing that the Saints were deliberately trying to injure other players and he said that players and coaches involved in the scheme could face further fines and suspensions. And finally Tom Benson, the man with no involvement but all of the heat, um, issued a statement on the Saints' website saying, "I've been aware, been made aware of the NFL's findings relative to the bounty rule, and how it relates to our club. I have offered, and the NFL has received, our full cooperation in their investigation. While the findings may be troubling, we look forward to putting this behind us and winning more championships in the future for our fans. And as for the final nail in the coffin." This came on the 5th of April. Documentary filmmaker Sean Pampillion released audio of a meeting Williams held with his defense prior to their 2012 divisional playoff game against the San Francisco 49ers. In a profoundly laced speech, Williams instructed his players to deliberately try to injure several 49ers players. He ordered his men to try and knock out running back Kendall Hunter even if it meant hitting him out of bounds. He specifically directed him to try to tear wide receiver Michael Crabtree's ACL, injure tight end Vernon Davis's ankles, and go after kicker, kick returner Kyle Williams, specifically because he had a history of concussions. He also appeared to put a bounty on quarterback Alex Smith. According to Pampillion, after Williams told his men to hit Smith in the chin, then he rubs his thumb against his index finger and middle fingers, the cash sign, and says, I got the first one, I got the first one, go get it, go lay that motherfucker out. Papillion, who was doing a documentary on Saints legend Steve Gleason and his fight against Lou Gehrig's disease, released the audio to Yahoo Sports without Gleason's approval. However, the Saints were not penalised for illegal hits during this game. The game they lost 36-32. But this definitely was the I suppose, the final nail in the coffin. And any supporters of Williams and the Saints organisation were left to turn. That ends the tale of the Bountegade scandal. The New Orleans Saints have bounced back. And as I said, they are perennial contenders. Or definitely a strong side in the NFL um, year on, year on, year on. Chapter 3 will be out next Monday morning. Make sure to leave comment, like, subscribe, review. Give us a rating. You can do that now on Spotify as well as Apple Podcasts. Um, and in addition for any fans of any of the podcasts here in the Mid-Season Slump, there is affiliate links to The Athletic and USAsports.co.uk in the podcast description. Make sure to click the link and find out what offers you can avail of. Thanks for listening.